for the Vault Studio, this is the NFL Podcast, proudly presented by U.S. Sports Gear. Here are your hosts, James Arthur, Chris Bryan, and Richard Garraway. Hello and welcome to the Vault Studios NFL Podcast. This is our preview show, and as always, I'm joined by the great man Chipper. How are you, mate? How you going, James? Um, it's been a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm excellent, mate. Absolutely excellent. After the game I watched yesterday, I don't know how I couldn't be. Oh, it was fantastic. It was a great game. Um, it was a great divisional rivalry, and um, Kansas City now 5-2 and two after being 5-0, and oh, and um, a kicker finally did it. A kicker um, made us happy again. I was really, really hoping that he put that through to win. <laughs> well, the, the refs did whatever they could to ruin it. I, th- I thought... The Crabtree touchdown, the first one that was called back, was a really bad call. I I just thought the cornerback fell. I don't think Crabtree really made that much contact with him. Uh, so I was a bit disappointed when they called that penalty, but then they made up for it by calling a couple of others. But the Kansas City Chiefs just had a meltdown. They just couldn't stop holding and uh, they couldn't cover. Like realistically, Cook should have just caught that first touchdown that you know was a bit high. But if he caught that, and it would have been all over on the second one. So they just couldn't cover them in that last that last drive. Yeah, um, I think it really exposed Kansas City. We know Oakland have have not been themselves this season, but we I think it told us more about Kansas City's defense than Oakland as a whole. Um, Kansas were, were a, a very very good offensive juggernaut, but defensively they do have massive holes, and that starts with the pass defense. They put Amari Cooper back into form. He had 211 yards and two touchdowns, and he looked like the old Amari Cooper. He was fantastic. Uh, Michael Crabtree obviously scored that that late touchdown. Jared Cook looked very good at tight end. Um, there was just so many weapons that, that Oakland had, and when you combine it against the pass defense, Kansas City, that's ranked pretty low in the NFL. They they obviously came up uh, came up really really well, and it looks like Derek Carr's back to full fitness. Um, he he just looked like he 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 looked comfortable in the pocket, and he just uh, I think he looks uh, like himself again. What do you think, James? As a as just as someone watching the game, Derek, Carr, like we all know that quarterbacks come in and out, and they get injured here and there, and they come in. Um, earlier than expected, but what did you think? How did he look? Yeah, I thought he looked excellent. I think he certainly looked back to his... He had that fire, you know, that he wanted to make the Mm -hmm. plays. I actually think, and it'll be no surprise what I think, I think the biggest reason they were so much better was the offensive line. They have really struggled this year, and they played really well. They didn't allow a sack to a very, very good Chiefs front. Now, they didn't run the ball that well, but no one really has on the Chiefs all year. That's a tough thing. Um, but it was there enough to keep them honest. And I just think that was the big difference. Carr was protected, um, and then he was able to play his game. They were able to get the ball to Amari Cooper. It's no secret when you put the ball in that guy's hands, the offense works. And I think the first series when they threw the, the, you know, the, the flea flicker and got the touchdown to Amari Cooper, I think that was absolutely outstanding. And... I think the big thing was that the fact that the offensive line went back to what they were last year and really dominated that front. And you do that with a quarterback like Derek Carr, he's going to tear up a defense no matter who you have out there. Um, and I think the, the Chiefs are going to find out that not having Eric Berry is going to be a big issue for them because they couldn't cover the tight end. Yes. Um, also, notices also um, put into mind as well that Marshawn Lynch, um, with Oakland won without Marshawn Lynch for about a half, for more than a half, I think he was. I think he, he left in the six-minute mark in the second quarter. Yeah. Um, for obviously um, what he did, it, it is a bit, you know, silly to get disqualified from that, but rules are rules. You can't do that to an official. Um, well, he threw then, him out of the way. Like, he, he, just... he is beast mode for a reason. That would have been for him. That would have been just a little, you know, pat to yeah. the side. He, that... Um, yeah, you can't do that. But um, that hit, I think it was Peters. Yeah, it was um, shocking. It was an absolute shock. That's not on. That's not on. Um, you don't do that. Um, you don't put uh, a quarterback's uh, body in danger or his health in danger, especially Derek Carr. After a he's lot come of, off that injury as well. And it was it, well after the whistle. It was terrible. It was a terrible. It was terrible. Shot. And you saw Derek Carr. He wanted to get down as quickly as possible. He just wanted to get down. And Peters did not stop. And uh, yeah, that that started a lot of things. That was that that was terrible. And 
Um, it, it, you, it kind you of irritated me that, it, sorry, it kind of irritated me that the touchdown wasn't like the one that Crabtree caught was on Peters, and it kind of I kind of lost a bit of respect for Peters in this game, a guy I really liked. But after yeah. that cheap shot, and then he got beaten in the end zone by Crabtree. Crabtree was just bigger and stronger, and he bounced off him. He didn't push off. It was a touchdown. And the fact that he got away with a penalty on that, I think it would have been, you know, a real real poetic justice if the winning touchdown had been scored on Peters. That's exactly what I was going to mention as well. And then you got him in the end zone against Crabtree. What he did Crabtree to fend off. That you see that in the NFL. You see that in he games. Did, he did it on the say, wing. He did it on the game winning touchdown. The guy just didn't yeah. flop to the ground. You see that five to ten times a game, they're not called. That's just pure one-on-one battle won by Crabtree and the um, and the referee. You, you know my stance on referee, especially after last week with the um, Austin Safarian Jenkins touchdown <laughs> to rob my Jets of an overtime game. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the refs, and that that was that was shocking. But they made up for it with the uh, with the holding penalties, which and... were both correct, absolutely 100 percent correct. Spot on. No spot one can on. argue them. Yep, spot on. And um, I think Oakland really did deserve the win. Yeah, well, it, it's good because it keeps. It doesn't really hurt the Chiefs that much. Like, yeah, it's a loss and they'll get it right. But the fact that Oakland are now three and four, if if they'd gone to two and five, their season's really over. Like, they're in big trouble. So at three and four, they Especially can start to build it. Yeah, they, they, they can start to rebuild now. So that's good. And I, I think when Oakland are good, the NFL is exciting. Like, I want them to be a good team. Yeah, and they really want that that uh, fairy tale. Farewell Super Bowl, don't they? They are, you know, they're going to Las Vegas next year. Who knows if they're going to come back to Oakland? Um, but they would really love it um, if they could win the win the big one this season. And Derek Carr looks back in the full health. Amari Cooper looks fantastic again. Jared Cook's a very very good tight end. Like you said, the offensive lines are firing on all cylinders. And we forgot the big man. We forgot the main man, Khalil Mack. He's oh, a yeah. bloody star. Yeah, he played really well. And he only had half a sack, but it was everything else he did. He just turned it up. Oh, I watched him in isolation on defense. Yes, Kansas City, uh, out. Uh, they, they, they were pretty, pretty good against another uh, against an Oakland secondary that's not as bad, but still pretty bad in regards to their passing defense compared yeah. to the Chiefs. But he was... He's just a pass-rushing juggernaut. He just keeps it going. He just keeps the tempo up. He's a fantastic pass-rusher, and he's one of the best draft picks that Oakland's ever made, I think, next to Derek Carr. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they, they were the same year. What a year of draft picks. Um, really oh. set themselves up. And I think uh, Navarro Bowman, who played his first game for the Raiders, he looked great. He, he made all the calls. He made a lot of tackles. He, he missed a couple, made a couple of mistakes, but he is certainly an upgrade of what they've had there before. Well, yeah, he's a pro, but he's a multiple pro bowler. Um, I really did like though that when he when San Francisco released him earlier this this week, I think you mentioned it in your in your uh, review podcast with um, with Richie and Chris on on Tuesday that there wasn't any hard you know there wasn't any hard feelings. He left. He didn't say anything bad about the 49ers. John Lynch handled it very well. Navarro was very respectful. The ties were broken, but it was a very respectful tie broken. And now he's gone to Oakland where he knows, you know, I could be in contention here for a Super Bowl. He played really well yesterday. And I think just a couple more games, just to get into the rhythm, get into the flow, he'll be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we'll start getting into our previews for week seven. We'll start with our C grade, the the don't bother games. We'll fly through these ones. We've got <laughs> Carolina at Chicago, and looks to be a bit of a defensive contest in this one. Yeah, look, just to, we'll just quickly go through their defensive numbers. Carolina allowed two hundred eighty yards per game, which is the fourth least in the NFL. Chicago allowed three hundred two point seven yards, which is the sixth least. Chicago is actually a very good defensive team, um, but I think the main focal point in this contest. And the one that we'll see who will win this game will be Carolina's O-line versus Chicago's D-line. Chicago's defensive line has 16 sacks this year. They're equal seventh. McAfee and Akeem Hicks are having fantastic seasons. And they're up against Carolina's line, who we've talked about all year. They're really struggling. They've had 17 sacks. They're 31st for adjusted line yards allowed. And Matt Khalil is is struggling. Um and their, their ground game just needs work to the 24th in run offense. And then on the other side, you've got Jordan Howard. He's looking like an MPP candidate for Chicago. But that being said, I feel like Chicago could overcome this. 
Um, I just think they've got too many offensive fire, um, too much firepower on offense. I've got the Panthers by seven, but it's going to be a low-scoring affair, I think. I think there might be two touchdowns scored. Calvin Benjamin will be the barometer here. I think he will be the difference because the Bears really do struggle against the wide receiver one. It all just comes down to talent on the offense, and I think Carolina um, could get this W and just move on. But Chicago are looking very good. Very, very improved team. Luke, Luke um, Kukli is out. So that's mine. Uh, that, game. Sorry? Luke Kukli is out. He's out, game. is he? Yes, they've ruled him as out with concussion. So that's massive for that defense because we've seen in the past, without him, they are not the same. So it'd be really interesting. Not- I still think Carolina will win, but it will be a very tough game for them. Look, against um, Mitch Trubisky and the wide receiver core of Kendall Wright um, and, and not much else, uh, maybe Zach Miller. Zach Miller looks like looks to be Trubisky's favorite target. That being said, I don't think that team has too many weapons to really hurt Carolina without Kukli. Unless they, can still run Carolina. Them. Unless they can run all over them without Kukli being there to stop them, but... You know, Thomas Davis and Shaq Thomas are, are both pretty good players. So Shaq Thompson, sorry, both pretty good players. So look, I, I, I think Carolina will win it personally. Yeah, and don't forget Julius Peppers as well. He's yeah. a good pass rusher, but he could stuff the run as well. Yeah, um, I've seen him do it, and um, he's proven to do it um, in the past. So um, we'll move from that game. We'll go to um, we'll go to Tennessee and Cleveland, which is a very very intriguing fantasy game for many. Mm. But it's a Cleveland game, James. It is, which is a stinker. And Cleveland, it's just the same old Cleveland. Uh, they are so disappointing. I thought they'd actually be good this year. I can't imagine how Browns fans feel because I'm disappointed and I couldn't care less about the, the Browns. They are just so frustrating. And on the other side, Marcus Mariota, I thought his game last week was one of the tougher games he's ever played. He looked really good with a hamstring strain. Couldn't run, but had a 300-yard game. Got the fourth quarter comeback, which was massive. Um, I think the Browns' pass defense looks okay when looking at the numbers, but they crumble when the moment. They need to stop someone. They don't do it. Um, They allow 226 yards per game in the air, which isn't great, which isn't bad, sorry, but rank last in pass defense DVOA. So they just crumble in the big moments. Kevin Hogan isn't playing, so it looks like it'll be Kaiser, who... I think he's he's unfairly judged right now. He has nothing to help him. That offensive line who they spent big money on in the offseason is not... Other than Joe Thomas, they're all playing pretty poorly. Um, his rating is you know is 32nd out of 32 quarterbacks at 17.3. Um, and then you've got Tennessee's running game versus Cleveland's run defense. Um, Tennessee third in run, in run DVOA with 132 yards per game. Um, and Cleveland, a third in run defense DVOA with 84.3 yards allowed per game. So it's a really, really even matchup there. I think the difference is going to be that Mariota is a much better quarterback than Kaiser or whoever they put out there, and their offense works a lot better. Um, Murray and Henry look like they're, they're a good tandem still. You've got a guy like Delaney Walker, who's the fantasy tip for this game. He's looked great. Um, I think I'm going to take the Titans by seven, possibly ten, but... I think they're just going to be a much better team. It was a it was a good character building game, wasn't it, for Mariota? It just showed that he's dealt with an injury, and he's I think he's just shown some toughness, and I I really like that with Mariota. Like he he could have just simply said, "Look, I'm not right. Um, I, I need another week to sit out." But 300 plus yards and a touchdown. I thought I was I thought he was he was very very good, and considering the hamstring injury. Um, it was very. It was a real character building game for, for Marcus. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was outstanding in that game. And um, interesting, the the news coming out of the Indianapolis Colts, who they beat last week, is that uh, they've they've shut down Andrew Luck for a few more weeks. So it's starting to look more likely we won't see Andrew Luck, and the Colts are going to have a pretty long season if that's the case. The next game we've got, which I'm a bit surprised by, in this category, the New York Jets at Miami. Are you you don't have to be that upset that they lost last week to the Patriots. I thought the Jets played really well. They were robbed by a terrible refing call, a terrible oh. review, which they overturned a call. It was it's up there with the one they overturned on Detroit this year with the Golden Tate game winning touchdown. Um, but New York at Miami divisional game, both three and three. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, well, first of all, that's a very Jenkins catch reminded me a lot of the Des Bryant catch oh, in the, um, in the NFC Championship. It was worse. It was more of a catch. Like, you can understand their, their argument oh. with Des Bryant. Like, as a bitter Cowboys fan, I can still understand <laughs> how they adjudicated that rule. But on this one, it's just a joke. Like, oh, the guy fumbled. He caught it. Then he fumbled. Then he didn't maintain possession on the fumble recovery. It's like he, the ball never left his hands. I don't... Um, oh, they're, they're shocking. The, the refs are just... Uh, you know I hate when refs destroy games. And I would have preferred you guys to tie that game up. And worst case scenario, if, if Tom Brady drives the field and beats the Jets, then, hey, you sit there and go, you know what? Fair Tom enough. Brady's a great player. I'm, I'm, happy to, yeah. I'm happy to watch that. But letting a ref just ruin a game, I'm just sick of them. They're, they're shocking. Yeah, um, we can go on about them all day, James. Let's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll quickly move because uh, uh, because of the time constraints. Uh, the game, I think, New York and Miami. This game will be won and lost in the run game, uh, pure and simple. Um, the Jets allow 138.8 yards per game, which is the fourth most. Miami allow 80.4 yards per game, which is the fourth least. Um, so Miami's run defense is very, very good. And I, and I believe Bilal Powell will be playing against. The Dolphins this weekend, so it's going to be Matt Forte and uh, Bilal Power with a, with a bit of a timeshare, and JRJ um, looks to be back in form against uh, who uh, played really really well and pretty much led the comeback against Atlanta last week. That's standard. Uh, he was, I think, it was 163 yards or something. It was more than 160 yards. It was just fantastic. He he looked very very good. Um, another player I want to point out is Jamal. Curse. I think he's having a very, very, very good season for the Jets. Him and McCown look to be a nice little tandem. He's fifth out of 78 wide receivers in overall DVOA. He's had 299 yards, three touchdowns against Miami. He's playing in Miami who allow a DVOA against wide receiver ones of 30th. So this is a huge game for Jermaine Curse and, and Josh McCown to get something going as well as obviously Austin Safari and Jenkins who since his suspension... Um, has had more targets than any other Jet in the offense. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm struggling to put my bias cap away, but I've got to say I've got, I've got the Jets by three. They're going to be firing after last week. Miami, I think, are on a high, but I think it's going to come down. Um, I think that game last week said more about Atlanta than Miami. And my fantasy tip, like I said, is Jermaine Curse. I think he will have a, have a ripper game, uh, probably 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the next one is probably going to be the battle of the two worst defensive lines in the NFL, James. And you're <laughs> gonna you're gonna love watching this game because uh, you're gonna have a lot of shaking heads um, as a lover of the offensive linemen, Seattle and the New York Giants. Yeah, I I actually don't enjoy watching bad offensive lines. I find it incredibly frustrating. Uh, so this <laughs> might be a game. I'm glad this is in your C grade because this might be a game I don't bother watching. Um, look, the the Giants had a good win last week at, against Denver, but I, I'm not sold on Denver. I you know they're okay. I'm not gonna get too excited about them. I thought Orleans Darkwa having a big game, you know, having 100 yards rushing. I'd be absolutely shocked if he does that against Seattle this week. I know they only allow the six most rushing yards per game in the NFL, so I just I just can't see him doing that again. And their offensive line is is very bad. Um, <laughs> Seattle coming off a bye, I think they're going to really enjoy this game, even though it's at New York. I think they'll find this pretty comfortable for them. I I'm, I'll be shocked if the Giants win. Um, you've got you know. Good defensive line with Bennett and Averill and who's the guy they got from the Jets? Who's Richardson? Um, um, Richardson. Yeah, yep. he'll he'll towel up that that Giants offensive line. Who look in in their defense, they did play a lot better last week against a really good run defense of Denver. But I think it was a bit of a a, a one off occurrence. So I'll wait and see. Um, Seattle's pass defense could be the difference. They are so good. Fifth pass defense in DVOA. They only allowed 200 yard, 202 yards per game, which is the ninth least. Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor uh, having massive seasons at 85.4 and 84.5 in pro football focus, which is a very, very good rating for a safety. Um, I am taking the Seahawks. I'm taking them by seven. I think they're going to win. And um, the fantasy tip for this game is Jimmy Graham, who's been quietly having a pretty good season. And I think Russell Wilson's going to find him a lot this week and and really utilize him well. So facing a defense that's uh, that 
faces poorly against opposing tight ends as well. So this could, we know that the Giants have a very, very good pass defense, and they're, but they actually they're do struggle up. against the big tight ends. Yeah, they're, they're really banged up at the moment. Like, is 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 Cromartie going to play? Who got suspended last week by the team, which was so bizarre. Like, McAdoo is. I, I don't know the guy personally from from the outside looking in. He is such a bad coach. He got a player to announce to Roberts Cromartie that he was suspended. Yeah, I think he's trying to set standards for his team, but he's just doing it at the wrong time and he's doing it in the wrong way. But um, he doesn't have buy-in. Coach and yeah, he, I, I don't think he has a clue, to be honest. And um, Yeah, it's the post-Tom Coughlin era, and I, I don't think that appointment was, was very good. Um, and, no. you know, he had a chance last year, him and his entire organization, to get a running back and get some offensive linemen. But what did he do in his first round pick? They, they got a tight end. But it's Evan Ingram who's a star. Yeah, he's, he's, he has looked good, Evan Ingram. But I, I get it. Like, he, he looks good. But there could have been such a better pick for them. Like, oh. Garrett Bowles, who's the starting left tackle for the Denver Broncos, he looks outstanding. How, how good would he look on the Giants' O-line? He looked very, very good. Um, there was, I think, Greg Robinson, who was drafted by the Jags as a In the tackle. second round, who looks he, fine. He looks good. He looks very good. And you also got um, uh, Jamsik, and there are a couple of others as well. They, 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 was, they, it wasn't a strong offensive line draft last year, but you could have traded up. Or you could have even gotten Dalvin Cook, who yeah. they had. He was still on the board. Yeah, it's you insane. could have gotten him. You could have gotten Kareem Hunt. Um, <laughs> I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. No, they've, they haven't. Like, I think it's unfair to say Kareem Hunt because he went in the third round. But Delvin Cook is a completely fair, you know, argument. Like, they could have easily got him. He would have made a, a, a massive difference to them. I, know, I just find that organization very frustrating at the moment, and um, not that I really care as a Cowboys fan, but. I just uh, think yeah. I, I I don't like things that are poorly run, and they just don't look good. But enough on the Giants. We'll head over to the next game. Uh, I think this game's going to be a bloodbath. You got Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Um, Jacksonville have been very up and down, but they've been very good on the road with their three and zero. Fournette is questionable, but uh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. Um, he might be a little bit limited. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, just to touch on Leonard Fournette, I got the. Um I got the Bleacher Report um, notification this morning, officially questionable, even though he did not participate in practice yesterday. Mm-hmm. But uh, they said that he said that he was very confident that he was going to play on Sunday. I'm very, um, very focused on him because I've got him in one of my very competitive fantasy sides, so I'm just hoping he gets up. Um, but also see Colts, who used the passing game to stay relevant last week against Tennessee, who we know their pass defense isn't that flash. But they're taking the Jags, who are just a tad better in that department. They're actually ranked first in DVOA against the pass. They allow only 166 yards per game in the air, which is the third least. And they're number one in defending the pass against the first wide receiver. And that's obviously due to Jalen Ramsey, who in my opinion is in the top 10 players in the entire NFL right now. I love him. I'm actually going to buy his jersey. Him and Leonard Fournette, My second team has now become the Jags because of them two players. Well, I've always Um, had a soft spot for the Jags. I just can't help it. A team that's, you know, never been that successful. I've just always liked them. But between Ramsey, who's been outstanding, and then the signing of AJ Boye, who had a massive breakout season last year and the number one corner rated on Pro Football Focus. I had him in my my all-pro team at the end of the year. He has come in and... He's not a one-year wonder. He looks absolutely outstanding as well. So they're building a very, very good Barry Church they got from the Cowboys is a great fit for them. Um, you know, Miles Jack, Jack. Talvin, Talvin Smith, they're all looking really good. And then... Calais Campbell. Yeah, they've just made some oh. really smart signings. Yeah, um, and I I think the boss was just coming out in me to, to really hope that Bortles makes it. And I don't think he will. No. He had that really, really good season in 2015, that fantasy-loving season, but they didn't really have a defense. So he just depended on his arm. They didn't really have a running game as well. So he just he was just Bortles to Alan Robinson. Who volume. knows? Maybe he could improve. Maybe he would have improved this year if Alan Robinson didn't go down with an injury, but we'll never know. Well, Marquise Lee's been great, though. Like there's, oh, They've got weapons. Yeah. Alan Hearns has been good. They don't... Yes. They're not... They're not that bad. They've got some very good... Like, you look at the Jets' offensive weapons and what McCown's doing there. Bortles just isn't that good a player. 
No, you're right. McCann is, is a much, much better player. But I think that they're still going better than expected. I think you said at the start of the year that you went off them because the last two years you thought, okay, here we go. It's the Jags year. You got put off. I said at the start of the year, I, I really rate the Jags. I think they're going to have a good season this year. And, you know, you take three and what, – what are they? Three and three right now? Yeah. You take three and three. You're up against Indianapolis now. In a, um, in a bad against, division. Oh, bad division against the pass defense this weekend. Um, that's that's really, really bad. They're allowed 295.8 yards, which is the third most. So this is an opportunity for Blake Bortles to find some form. I'm not saying 300, 400 yards. I'm thinking 200 yards, no turnovers. Just limit the turnovers. Um, and, you know, we touched on Calais Campbell in that defense. Saxonville have recorded 23 sacks from their line, which is the most in the NFL. Um, that being said, I'm doing it. I've got, I've got Jags by 21. It just looks to be a very ugly game. And my fantasy tip is actually Alan Hearns instead of Marquise Lee. Marquise Lee will probably take the number one cornerback. Alan Hearns will play in the slot. Indianapolis don't like the slot receivers. He might have a bit of a day out. And I think that concludes the, the, the don't mind games, the C graders. People jump right into the, the don't mind, the B grade games. And first cab off the rank, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. It's the old um, sarcastic traditional rivals comment springs to mind. It's not a game that I, I really um, thought or have watched in the past. What do you think of this game, James? It's a very peculiar game, and it's going to come down to whether Jameis Winston plays, which they've said he's going to, but uh, he's got a, a sprained AC joint on his throwing arm. I just, uh, that's not good. That is really not good for, for a quarterback. He looked yeah. good last week. Starting. Fitzpatrick looked fine. A couple of turnovers hurt him, but, but that's what you get with Fitzpatrick. But you've got you know a very good defense versus a very bad one. The Tampa Bay are 31st overall in DVOA, where Buffalo are second. Um, Bucks pass attack versus Bills pass defense will be a great battle to watch, but with the injury to Winston, it kind of favors the 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 Bills at the moment. All four starting secondary players: Tredavious White, EJ Gaines, who they got from uh, the Chiefs. I no, who they got from the who do they trade Sammy Walker from the Rams? Jordan yeah. Poyer, who they got from the Jets, who in a throwaway trade, and Micah Hyde, who was unwanted by the Packers and signed in free agency, all have a pro football focus grade of over eighty-three. They've been absolutely outstanding. On the other side, Cameron Brait is just a really good, a really good tight end. I didn't. I thought OJ Howard would take his spot from him, but he hasn't. Um, he's looked great with an 84.3 pro football focus grade, which is the fifth for tight ends. Second in tight end D- DYAR and sixth in DVOA. 281 yards and four touchdowns. He's a great red zone weapon. Um, and Buffalo's passing attack has struggled, but a big opportunity for them this week. Is Jordan Matthews going to play? You'd think coming off the bye, he will. Um, Andre Holmes and rookie Zay Jones both have pro football focus grades of under 55, which if people Pretty don't know, that's bad. Well, Zay Jones is the rookie, so we'll let him go. And Andre Holmes was a role player at, at the Oakland Raiders. Like yeah. He's just not that good. Jordan Matthews has been... Like, they've, they've won those trades they made, in my opinion, because Jordan Matthews has been more productive than Sammy Watkins has been in the past. Yeah, yeah, agreed. They, they have been more productive. Um, I really like Jordan Matthews as well, and um, to have him back would be would be absolutely fantastic because he actually found some form yeah. uh, just before he went down with injury. But I agree. This this Buffalo team, if, if they just had a weapon or a very solid duo, or um, I don't know, they, they're just lacking that. If they had that, because I think Tyra Taylor is actually not a bad quarterback now. He's actually improved this year. If he had better weapons. Who knows? It puts pressure off Sean McCoy. It puts pressure off Charles Clay, who's become their best uh, passing, their best pass catcher. Um, but I don't know about Buffalo, but they have a chance here to really get some form going against Tampa Bay, who are really struggling against the pass, like you said. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think but, Tampa Bay are any good, to be honest. I, with, especially with Winston being injured, I am not buying into the hype at all. The, the, I, I did in the preseason. I had them to win that division, which who knows? They still might, but um, but I'm Tampa Bay going into Buffalo at home. I got the Bills winning by ten. Um, fantasy tip: Charles Clay. I just don't see. I just don't see Tampa with an injured Winston getting it done. Yeah, I agree. 
um, Tampa Bay are, are a very good offensive juggernaut, but they're up against Buffalo. You're going to eliminate that. You're going to have Mike Evans. He's going to cover Tredavious. Uh, sorry, you got Tredavious White is going to cover Mike Evans for the entire game. And Deshaun Jackson, yeah, he's looked like a very good deep. Buffalo defended deep ball very, very well. Um, and I think that will be nullified. And their running game has been pretty good. Buffalo's defense, I think it's just, it's just against Tampa Bay's offense against Buffalo's defense. It comes down to that. I think Buffalo just have the better defense. And it is in Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. We'll head to our next game, which is New Orleans at the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers. Um, this is We're going to find out a lot about the coach, Mike McCarthy, and what he can get done with Brett Hundley. How do you see this one going? Look, I'm going to come up and, and say straight up, it might be an unpopular view, but I don't think Mike McCarthy is a good coach. No one at the oh. Bolt Studio thinks he's a good coach. Not even you know Chris who reminds Bryan. me of? He is the NFL uh, comparison of Chris Scott at Geelong. Um, <laughs> I, I just, he's a, he's a bit of a, um, look, Miles Jarrett is a bit of a cheerleader, and that's what Chris Scott is. But I think Chris Scott, he just depends too much on his place. He depends too much on his list. And that's what that's what Mike McCarthy does, and that's his demeanor on the on, on the sideline. I think he's like, yeah, all right, I got Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. If it wasn't for the hail marys that Aaron Rodgers threw and the game winning drives and the passes to put him in field goal, Mike McCarthy would be out of the job. Um, yeah, I agree. And that's my little that's that's my rant. Um, I, I just don't think he's any good. New Orleans will be playing Green Bay, and we all know how good New Orleans is on the passing attack. Um, but New Orleans' pass defense, we'll, we'll start with that, things that we talked about, we brought up Brett Hundley. Um, they scored three touchdowns last week, New Orleans' pass defense. They had nine batted, deflected passes against Matt Stafford, two led to touchdowns. Even though, and even though they allowed 268.4 yards per game, which is the fourth most, they seem to shut it down at crucial times and against better oppositions because their DVOA against the pass is 11. So they've really improved from last year. Um, and... It's uh, it, it might be a game that says a lot about New Orleans defense taking on Brett Hundley, but we know he's a good quarterback. He's mobile. He just had a he had a bit of a shocker last week, but that was Minnesota's defense. Um, it's just hard to analyze them without Aaron Rodgers, to be to be perfectly honest. And then you got on the other side, you got Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, who have already caused a lot of headaches for defenses. They'll cause even more for Green Bay due to their pass catching ability in the backfield. Packers rate 17th in pass defense DVOA against running backs, which is worrying. Um, but, look, it's just going to be Drew Brees. Um, hopefully, Michael Thomas gets back in the form. When I um, saw the box score, 52-37, I thought last week, all right, Mike, Mike Thomas had three touchdowns. He only had two receptions for 11 yards or something. He was really shut down. Um, so it's a big chance for him to take on a Green Bay defense or a pass defense that lacks a bit of talent, and I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. But I've got the Saints by 17. I've got Mark Ingram as my fantasy tip to dominate. But this will be a pretty fun game to watch. It will say, like I said off the bat, it will say a lot about Mark McCarthy, Brett Hundley, and New Orleans pass defense. They're the three that I'm looking at in this game. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a bit, um, of a fi- bit of a find-out game, I think. Yeah, exactly, definitely. And... Hopefully, um, Green Bay win. But if not, Mike McCarthy should be very, very edgy. Um, next game. Um, probably not the most offensive game in the world. Um, probably not the most high-scoring either. Baltimore at Minnesota. Yeah, it's been an interesting defensive battle. I think you know Minnesota, with a chance to lead the NFC North, they're tied with Green Bay right now. Um Despite Sam Bradford's issues this year, Case Keenum's been a really good backup for them, and um, he's probably almost earned that starting role now if if Bradford comes back. Um, Minnesota's third in pass offense DVOA, 64.6 QBR, which is seventh in the league. He's had just over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns at almost 65% completion, which is good. Um, 238 yards per game, which is 12th, facing a pass defense ranked second in DVOA, and allow 189.5 yards per game, which is the fifth least. So a really good battle there. I think we're going to find out if Case Keenum 
is the man against a, a good defense or if they need to move on. Teddy Bridgewater started tra- started practicing this week. So, interesting to see what happens there if they um if they want to roll with him at some point. I'm sure it'll be a few weeks off, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um the the Ravens despite a sound pass defense, they struggle with the deep ball. They're 30th in DVOA and 31st on the right side. Um Laquan Treadwell is expected to start on the right side if Stefan Diggs can't play. Um, and Adam Thielen, known as a deep ball threat, and now wide receiver one, could cause you know a few headaches for that Baltimore defense. Um, Joe Flacco is having his worst season statistically, and if you watch him play, he just looks terrible. He's got a 30.1 QBR, which is 28th in the league, um, 925 yards at the moment, which is 154 yards per game, double interceptions and touchdowns. He's got eight picks to the four TDs. Um, and unless Alex Collins can be a really good running back in this game against a good run defense of, of Minnesota, I just, you know, I just don't see how the Ravens can win this game. They've been so poor on offense. Um, Harrison Smith has been absolutely outstanding this season. I think he's been the best safety in the NFL. So big shout out to him. Um, my tip is the Vikings by 10. Uh, Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen. It depends if Stefan Diggs plays, but if not, if, if Adam Thielen's in there, get get on him. I think the Ravens really struggle. There will be a big play there. And um, at Minnesota, I can't see them losing that game. It's Monday night football as well, isn't it? Uh, I believe James? so, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, an old-fashioned um, defensive slugfest, but I really like Minnesota this season. I liked them without Sam Bradford or with Sam Bradford. They've just got some great weapons. I've always been a fan of Adam Thielen. Baltimore's regressing. Um, I'll never support a team that has Joe Flacco as their quarterback. How we won the Super Bowl, I do not know. No, he's been he's been um, terrible. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty bad. Um, look, we'll, we'll go to our next game. I think James, we'll go to um, your boys. We'll go to mm. Dallas at San Francisco, which um, I don't know about you, but it brings back a lot of '90s nostalgia. Yeah, uh, it certainly does. It's been a topsy turvy, you know, couple of weeks for the Cowboys. Zeke is now eligible to play. They got another injunction passed, which is going to happen all year. I don't think the Cowboys. Why, James? Tell everyone why the injunction was passed. Because he's found innocent of what he did. Like, there's no. The real reason why was because the judge was on holiday and couldn't go forward with the hearing. Whoa. Okay, I didn't. I didn't read that, but at, <laughs> at, at some point, I, I'm just so over this story. I, I just don't. I don't. I'm a Cowboys fan. I just couldn't care less. Just Lucky either, either sus- saga, isn't it? Yeah, either just suspend him or let him play. Like I just yep. don't. The NFL tries so hard to assert their power that it makes them just look like a joke because they have no legal standings. Like. They did it to the Patriots, and eventually they got their four, their four game suspension. But uh, the Cowboys are just going to keep fighting this and taking it to the next level until they decide, okay, it's not worth fighting anymore. Like if they lose the next couple of games, they're just going to go, okay, let's just seem, let's just get his six game suspension, um, and we'll reboot for next year. That's what's going to happen. It's just such a joke. Uh, <laughs> I just can't work it out. Um, this is a big game for Dallas, though. They need to stay within distance of Philly. Um, the Cowboys' defense has been terrible this year. They're 30th in DVOA, 23rd versus the pass, last versus the run, where they were number one last year versus the run. So that is a complete flip. Um, 21 in yards per game allowed, which is 339.8. Uh, 29th when defending the short pass. Um, the I guess the shining light is that Dak Prescott isn't having a, a sophomore slump. He's been really good. 78.1 QBR, which is second in the NFL. 11 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Almost 1,200 yards at this point, which is, is a really good sign. I think a lot of people had him to regress. Um, CJ Beathard is now the new starter in San Fran, so we'll, we'll see what he can do. Uh, he's out of Iowa, has a powerful arm, which compliments Pierre Gosson and Marquise Goodwin downfield. Uh, he's got really good football IQ, but he lacks finesse and may need that against the Cowboys team that struggles with possession quarterbacks. Um, I think what the Cowboys defense does do is they, they tend to not give up big plays. And if he's going to try and force that, that's what could hurt them. You need to just go after them, you know, one at a time, um, check down and try and beat them that way, which everyone's been doing lately. If he can avoid turnovers, it's a good sign. Um, and we know San Fran's defensive woes, especially through the air, 
Hopefully, Des Bryant can have a big game. Um, I'm taking the Cowboys to win this game by 10. I think they're going to take care of them. They're going to get back to some good form with Ezekiel Elliott. What's your tip, George? Um, yeah, you're not going to like this. I've, I've actually got the 49ers in an upset. I've got them by three. Um, basically, I just think Beta, uh, Betha, Bethed, whatever you say, however you pronounce his name, he'll implement the running game with Carlos Hyde. And um, Matt Breeder, I think he'll get more looks. And they'll strike with some deep passes as well. So they'll, they'll start the run. They'll start the short passes, hopefully get that going with their tight end as well. Who I think is uh, is a Kittle. Yeah. Yep. And um, who I think is a really good tight end. And then they, they might just punch with a deep pass. And that might – and that I think they might start off with like maybe a 10, 10 to nothing lead and it'll, uh, Dallas will just play catch up the entire game. They'll get there at the end like they did against Green Bay, but somehow – I think San Fran might pull it off. Um, and, and, and Carlos, like I said, will we'll have a really good game. He's my fantasy tip. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Look, I, I think you could go either way. Um, Sean Lee is back for this game, which should make a big difference for Dallas. Or Huge the way, difference. The way I've been talking about him, it should make a massive difference. So we'll see. Um, the next game, we've got Denver at the LA Chargers. Another big divisional rivalry. Uh Chargers have got back to their winning form the last couple of weeks, won two in a row. How do you see this game going? Oh, look, I've basically got this game um, as another upset to me, as another shocking game, uh, like as another shocker, as in the result. I think it would actually be a pretty pretty good game to watch. Um, we'll start off with Melvin Gordon, who had a day out last week, but he's, he will struggle this week. They're, he's facing a Denver defense that's allowed 70 yards on the ground, just over 70 yards, which is the second least. They're first in DVOA in that department. Um, and on the other hand, um, the Chargers' pass defense is almost just as stingy as Denver's pass defense. Like, we all know Denver's pass defense. We don't have to go into it. But the Chargers allow only 186 passing yards per game, which is the fourth least. And their cornerbacks in Casey Hayward and Trevor Williams both have a PFF grade of over 85. And I think that's the reason why they're performing so well. I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is playing as well, which will hurt. No, he's out. So Demarius, out. Yeah, Demarius Thompson, I think. Um, Fowler um, on the left side will start and I don't know I, I just don't think that they'll get the passing game going because like he said, 7th round pick out of Northwestern just won't get it done for them and he hasn't so far this season he's been the absolute weak link in that side um, but on the other hand, the Chargers don't look good in the run, they're 28th in DVOA they allow 152.5 yards on the ground which is the most in the NFL by a mile they're last in adjusted line yards from the D-line so big game ahead for CJ Anderson and um, Devontae Booker, who's a good pass catching uh, running back out of the backfield. Um, that being said, um, my tip, uh, we'll go quickly, charges by six in another upset. They'll struggle in a deep ball, Denver, and they could be, it could be a chance for uh, players like Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin to exploit. Um, I just think they'll utilize the running game. It, it won't go to them. They won't start off well in the running game. And then Philip Rivers will just be Philip Rivers, who's a known good quarterback. He'll start throwing them. He'll start finding them. Um, it's a pretty unpopular popular position or unpopular view, but I, I just something tells me that the LA Chargers might win because it is in LA. And my fantasy tip is Hunter Henry. Denver ranked 30th in past DVOA against tight ends this season. He might be the link. They'll play Antonio Gates as well to try and exploit that. And yeah, yeah Chargers. Well, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? This is such a 50 50 game for me. No, I, James, I, think? I think the Chargers will win as well. Other than the outlying game where Denver tore up the Dallas Cowboys, they've been pretty poor this year. You know, they lost to the Giants. Um, Chargers are playing well. Melvin Gordon is starting to get going, which I think is a big deal. Uh, I just, yeah, I think Hunter Henry starting to get going as well. Philip Rivers is a, is a great quarterback. I just don't think Denver are that good. In our way, at home, they're a lot better, Denver. I just, yeah, I just don't, I don't rate them this year. I think they started well. And, you know, you mentioned my guy, Trevor Simeon. He's a seventh round pick out of Northwestern. And I've, I say it too much, but it is the only way to describe him. He's just not that good a player. And Paxton Lynch clearly hasn't worked out because he can't get the starting job back. So I 100% agree with you. I think the Chargers will win this game. And it might even be by, be by, by more than six. So we'll see what happens. Um, what we'll do now before we get into our A-grade games, we'll do our uh, our fantasy team. Who have you got at quarterback for this week? My quarterback this week is Matt Ryan for Atlanta against a very, very poor New England pass defense. Love it. He's due for a big game. Really like that one. And your running backs? 
My two running backs, I just mentioned Carlos Hyde from San Francisco. He'll take on Dallas. And Adrian Peterson for Arizona. We'll talk about that Arizona game against, I think it's the LA Rams. LA Rams, very poor against their, uh, against the run. I've got Adrian Peterson as my second running back. Yep. And what about your wide receivers? Yeah, uh, well, I've used up a lot of money um, if you're playing daily fantasy on the quarterback and the running back. So I'm going to go Jermaine Curse as a wide um, for the New York Jets, like we discussed earlier, and Alan Hearns from Jacksonville. Yep, and tight end? Tight end, Delaney Walker to take on Cleveland should have a big game. Yeah, and you're missing your flex on, on the rundown. Who's Have you got a flex position? Oh, I did too, didn't I? Um, look, I'll just uh, quickly go. Uh, let me just... Have a look. Um, probably, I'll probably go with Mark Ingram against Green Bay. He'll be yep. my flex. Yep, sure. Um, and you've got the Jaguars defense, which I think is a really good call. And uh, my favorite kicker, Dan Bailey for the Dallas Cowboys, I think that's not a bad call because they will be kicking a lot of field goals because they've had some red zone troubles the last few weeks. So all in all, pretty good fantasy team. So feel free to play that or tell us if we're wrong. We don't, we don't get offended. <laughs> Chipper won't get offended if you tell him he's wrong. Um, we'll head into our, our don't miss games, the, the A-grade games, and we'll start with the Arizona at the LA Rams. Who would have thought a couple of weeks ago this would be interesting? Adrian Peterson is back, 100-plus yards, two touchdowns last week, yep. facing a, a pretty poor run defense. They've allowed almost 140 yards per game, which is the fourth most. Um, wh- what else do you see a big deal in this game? Well, that's all. That's what I'm seeing in this game mostly is Adrian Peterson. We discussed around three weeks ago that he just needs to go to a team that needs him. Arizona need him. It was the perfect fit. They didn't give up anything for him. Bang. He started off like a house on fire, 100 plus yards, two TDs. Um, and it's also a story about a rejuvenated pass attack against a highly regressive pass defense. I'm talking about LA Rams passing attack against Arizona's pass defense. So the Rams ranked fifth in pass DVOA this year. 243.8 yards per game, which is 10th. And Arizona are ranked 24th in pass defense DVOA, which allow, and they allow 250 yards per game, which is the sixth most. Um, Justin Bethel looks like um, a bit of a weak link there in Arizona. He's got a 44.5 PFF grade. He'll possibly take up, uh, be up against Robert Woods as um, Patrick Peterson will, will take on uh, Sammy Watkins. Um, and Arizona's also ranked 30th in defending the pass down the middle. So if you get some short slants or some short hits up the middle, I'm talking about Gerald Everett, the tight end. I'm talking about Cooper Cup, the slot receiver, who's having a who, who is a fine draft selection, by the way. He's ranked fourth in wide receiver DVOA, and he's got 265 yards and two TDs, and he's a third-down specialist. He'll be heavily used in this game. It'll be a reason why the Rams might win it. Um, and we'll just also... Quickly touch on the Ram D-line against the Cards O-line. The Cards O-line is just shocking. There's only one Cardinal in that line with a PFF grade of over four, uh, 51 and 2 under 40, which is absolutely <laughs> shocking. That's and they're so taking bad. on both Michael Brokers and Aaron Donald. So it might be quite a scary matchup for the Cardinals O-line to face. And Robert Quinn, who and, who, yep. who's the, who gets he gets forgotten on that team, but a very good player. Very underrated, uh, very underrated. But I, I'm just looking at this offensive line, like what is going on there? Arizona's also allowed 21 sacks so far this season, and the Rams have recorded 20 sacks. So that could be a recipe for disaster. And because of that, because of everything I just said, I've got the Rams by three. It'll be a fairly fun offensive matchup up until the last quarter, and the Rams will shut it down. And my fantasy tip um, is the great man Adrian Peterson. Yeah, it's great to see Adrian Peterson back. I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed that. And I don't think the Saints were wrong for not playing him because Ingram and Kamara have been great for them. But I think it was a great move by them to trade him on. And, you know, he's found some life at Arizona. And I'm just really excited. When Adrian Peterson's going well, this this league's a lot more fun to watch. So it, it makes the Cardinals interesting again, in my opinion. It makes them very, very relevant. And that, that division's up for grabs. So that might be the acquisition that could possibly put Arizona back in contention to win the division and make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll go through our next game. We've got Cincinnati at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the Steelers are back. I'm not sure if you heard my, uh, my stint on SEN on Sunday where I pretty much guaranteed the Steelers were going to beat the Chiefs, um, which a lot of people didn't agree with me, but... Um, I put a bit of money on them as well, which was a nice little win for me. Um, Matavius Bryant has requested a trade, apparently. Now we're saying he didn't. 
Um, that guy's shown to be a bit of a moron in the past, so I'm going to take whatever he says with a grain of salt and let him just have a couple of days to settle himself down. Uh, I can't stand guys who don't get the ball thrown to them and start whinging, especially when they're coming off a win against an undefeated team. Like, just seems like such a terrible attitude. Um, this is a tale of two offensive lines. Cincinnati are 30th in adjusted line yards, allowed 15 sacks. Um, Pittsburgh are 13th in adjusted line yards, allowed 10 sacks, which is uh, really good. Um, O-line with a PFF grade of over 70. Pittsburgh have five. Cincinnati have one. So um, Pittsburgh's offensive line were outstanding last week. David DeCastro is really playing well. He'll, he'll probably be in my mid-year all-pro team. But, yeah, been a really good really good sign for them to get Levy and Bell going. Um, both defensive lines, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has had 20 sacks, where Cincinnati have had 18. Um, they can really get after the passer, so that's going to be a big a big play in it against... Um, I'm going to take Pittsburgh there because their offensive line's slightly better, so they should be able to hold up a bit better against Cincinnati. Um, pass defense DVOA, Pittsburgh a fourth, Cincinnati a seventh. Uh, so pretty even there again. Um, Vontae's perfect is crucial for the Bengals' success on defense. He's been outstanding this year. He's kept the dumb stuff to a to a to a minimum. He's not getting penalized. Eighty-four point three PFF grade, which is you know really good for a, for a linebacker. Um, Cincinnati ranked thirty-first in deep pass DVOA. Uh, so this could be the game that Bryant finally breaks out, and hopefully we can not hear whinging for a week from him. Um, all that being said. I am taking Pittsburgh to win this game. I think they're rolling. I think Levy and Bell's back in form. Antonio Bryant cannot be covered. He's on pace to break Calvin Johnson's receiving yard record. So keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, so Steelers by 14. And the fantasy tip is Martavius Bryant. So hopefully he can, instead of spending all that time complaining and saying he wants to be traded, he can practice a bit harder and maybe get himself open and have a big day. So be really interesting there. Um, let's get to our next game, though. This one is very exciting. Atlanta at New England, the old Super Bowl rematch. Um, there's a lot of jokes we could say, but what's your thoughts on this 28 17-0, lost to Jay Cutler. What, where do you want to start? <laughs> they were, yeah, they've had, a, they've had a, rough, a rough hangover after that Super Bowl loss, but how do you see this game going? Look, I, I think it's going to be um, – like the Super Bowl and, and like many New England games, it's going to be high tempo and it's going to be fast-paced and high-scoring. But I think last week told me more about Atlanta's defense than he told me about Miami. Their their defense has really um, hit a block and they're not the same team. They're 27th in overall defense, DBOA. They're 29th against the run, 22nd against the parks uh, against the pass. Sorry. And, um, look, we understand that the Pats' defense – is got awful, especially their pass defense. 30th in DVOA, 31st against the wide receiver one. So Julio Jones is set for a big game, and they allow the most passing yards in the NFL, 324.8. So, Brandon, so you've got Julio Jones on one side, who's going to be a big matchup against whoever he's on, and then you've got Brandon Cooks against Desmond Trufant, which which are going to be two very good matches, uh, matchups to watch in isolation. And then you've also got the Falcons' run game. So they're first in DVOA in that department. Devontae Freeman's ranked first of all running backs in DVOA. And then you've got Tevin Coleman, who's now becoming sort of like the, Tris, uh, the Chris Thompson of, of the Falcons. He's a, he's a third down catching back. He's very well implemented uh, uh, in the red zone, and he can really punch it in. He's sixth in DVOA for pass catching running backs. Freeman's fifth. He's got 157 yards at, at 7.85 yards per carry and one touchdown. And the Pats rank 28th in pass DVOA against the running backs. So that might be um, that Tevin Coleman might be the the link that actually gives Atlanta the W. He might be the reason why um, they get ahead of the Patriots. And for that, uh, James, look, it was a very short rundown with these two sides because we can go on and on about the passing and how good Tom Brady is, how good Matt Ryan is, blah blah blah. But that these are the things that I saw in isolation. And the things that have made me go, Falcons might seek revenge. Falcons have a better running situation. And I've got the Falcons by 17. And I've got my fantasy tip as Julio Jones. But please tell me I'm wrong, James. Tell me something else. Nope. I, I completely agree with you. I, it might not be 17. I'll probably lean more towards 10 points. But I think they're going to come in and, and get some revenge. The, the Patriots are not the Patriots at the moment. Their defense has been terrible. Look, they played okay against the Jets' offense with 
not many weapons. Julio Jones has been struggling this year so far. But if you watch the game, it's not that it's not him that's wrong. It's they're covering him well. Patriots will not be able to do that. And I think Atlanta are going to get some revenge, you know? And the Patriots fans won't care because they got the Super Bowl, so that's fine. But Falcons are going to get their season on track and come go into Pitts, into the Patriots and win this game. I think it's going to be a really good one. Um, we'll get to our last game, Washington at Philadelphia. This is by far the game of the week, um, which I don't think many people would have thought at this point, start of the season. Uh, Philly are, are rolling in the NFC, probably the best team in the NFC so far, which, which kills me to say. And Washington aren't too far behind. I think they're pretty good. So a big division game. How do you see this one going? It is a big divisional game. It's it's going to be an absolute ripper of a game to watch. They're, you're talking about two passing offences, but the success from it comes from, guess what, James? The offensive lines. Washington um, are fourth in DBOA um, in the past. Philly are sixth, and Philly have three linemen with PFF grades of over 86, which shows you that they protect Carson Wentz, they let him do his thing. They protect LeGarrette Blunt in the run game. And to translate LeGarrette Blunt in the run game, there's, uh, he's sixth in running back DVOA with 390 yards at 5.57 yards per carry and a touchdown, which is unbelievable. And they average 132.5 yards per game on the ground, which is fifth. Le, uh, LeGarrette Blunt's run grade is 82.8. So that must be because uh, it, it should be because of the offensive line. The offensive line doesn't get as much credit. It's because of that offensive line. They're looking fantastic. Then on the other side, you've got um, Kirk Cousins, who's got a fairly good QBR of 67.5. He's fifth, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, 1,256 yards. And Washington are fourth in DBOA in the passing game. So both game, both players, uh, sorry, both teams look very, very strong so far this season. But my main man, my MVP candidate for 2017 so far is Carson Wentz. He's got a 70.6 QBR, which is ranked third, 1,473 yards, 13 touchdowns, and only three interceptions for a 60.9% completion percentage. And Nelson Aguilar is not a scrub anymore, James. He's my breakout of the year contender. Second in wide receiver DVOA. He's already had four touchdowns. And he's most likely going to take on Kendall Fuller in the slot, who's having a tremendous season. He's, he's been really good, Kendall Fuller. Really, oh, I've been watching he's, him. He's been outstanding. He's been very, very good. And I think he's covering most of the plays that the safeties are struggling to cover. I'm talking about DJ Swearinger and, and, and the other guy. I can't really think of his name right now. But um, Washington's secondary woes at safety are being blanketed by mostly this man who's been very, very good. He'll take on Nelson Aguilar, and Washington ranked 10th in DVOA against the deep ball. So it'll be a tough contest for Nelson, but it'll be a fun game to watch. It will tell us a lot about these two teams who are very much in playoff contention. I have a feeling that these two teams might make it to the playoffs. One will get in automatically, obviously, and the other won't get in via the wild card. And I think... um, this team, this game might be just too close to call. Um, and I also need to give a shout-out to Chris Thompson, as I mentioned earlier. He's the new Darren Sproles, in my opinion. He's first in pass-catching DVOA for running backs. He's got a 72.6 PFF grade, 89.7 in the receiving grade, which is unbelievable. But we can go on about this game for ages. It's going to be one of the funnest games to watch for the year, I think. James, give me your tip. Um, oh. The the football the football analysis in me says Philly, but the NFC East Cowboys fan says Washington because I need we need Washington to win to keep it alive. But um, I'll, I'll go with the football analyst. I think Philly will win this game. I just think they're a bit stronger in the running game. Um, the Garrett Blunt who has had just such a good career led the league in touchdowns last year for a running back. Um, I can't believe the Patriots let him go for, for nothing and now they're struggling. But he's been outstanding and I think he's going to be the difference in this game. They're just going to be a little bit tougher. Their offensive line, you know, they're pretty even, but Philly just going to get that that little notch because of LeGarrette Blunt. I think they're going to win this game by about three points, maybe maybe 10, but it'll be a late score. I think it'll be a very close game and a very good one, one I can't wait to tune into. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's going to be a, an absolutely fantastic match to watch, and I really cannot wait. Um, and I think that wraps it up, James. I think we've got all the games covered. 
Yeah, absolutely. An- another fantastic episode. We've kept it just under an hour, Chipper. Richie will be Richie will be wrapped with us, so that's good, mate. As always, thank you very, very much for coming on. Um, absolutely outstanding rundown and everything as usual. Uh, it's bizarre. I've, I feel like I know you, but I've never actually met you before because we're always <laughs> over Skype. But as always, mate, thank you. And thanks to everyone out there for tuning in. And uh, you'll hear from us next week. Thanks for listening to the NFL Podcast, brought to you by The Vault Studio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more, head to www.thevaultstudio.com.au. And for the latest news, search for The Vault Studio on Facebook and Twitter. Love you, Jerry.